Do you believe that God wants you healthy? Then join me, Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast, where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healthy For My Purpose. It's great to be back another week. We have an amazing episode for you. We actually sit down, Gigi and I, with the award-winning journalist and veganista, Jackie Reed from Vegan Sexy Cool. Um, You're going to love this um, episode. We talk about all things vegan. We get into her personal journey to becoming a vegan and how it kind of impacted her life when she made that change. We get into health issues and how vegan fits into that. We talk about social justice issues. And of course, we delve in delve into vegan fashion and much, much more. So you don't want to miss this episode. So for this to your um, friends and family and those who are so curious about the vegan lifestyle and want to hear it from a perspective that will educate you, inspire you, and you will fall in love with the amazing Jackie Reed. So let's jump into this episode. So without further ado, here is All Things Vegan with Jackie Reed. All right, guys, we are so excited. We have the wonderful, beautiful Jackie Reed today. Um, and so we are going to have a really awesome conversation around social justice, um, activism, vegan activism, fashion, you name it, we're going to talk about it. Um, so before we do all that, let's just jump right in with you, Jackie. Just give us your story. Like, how did you become vegan and develop vegan sexy cool and just your whole journey in general yeah i um thank you guys for having me um you know i love you both and i love all that you do to encourage people to not just eat vegan but eat healthy vegan (laughs) uh i love that so yeah i it it, for this coming january 2023 will be my five-year anniversary it's gone so fast it doesn't seem like it's been almost five years but I have been an animal lover for a long, long time, but did not really understand truly what it meant to be an animal lover until I started doing the research um, about the factory farming and the cruelty to animals in order for us to have certain foods on our plates, certain clothes on our back, um, and certain goods in our homes, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, And once I let myself learn more about that, I realized that I could not be a part of that anymore. And so I became vegan. And as I, and and I'm not just someone who eats vegan, it's everything for me. Every part of my life had to change. And I let myself do it gradually because it can be overwhelming um, unless you're somebody like Oprah with a, a staff of 20 that can just say, okay, everything that's not vegan out, everything, bring me all vegan new things. And you know, all of that, I couldn't do that. So it had to be a gradual thing. The eating was immediate, but the other parts, um, you know, took some time, but I'm happy to say now I'm at the point where nothing that um, I buy and nothing that I wear 
um, is brought any harm to any animal. And as I was transitioning uh, with the with the stuff outside of the kitchen, I started to realize, you know what, people, myself included, and their their perception of what veganism is outside of the kitchen when it comes to clothing and you know fashion and all kinds of things is wrong. And, you know, there are fabulous shoes out there. There are great brands, well-made things. You know, we hear vegan, we think pleather, right? When it comes to bags and shoes, we think it's cheaply made. It's not going to last. It's going to look cheap. And that's not what I was finding. Uh, Yes, those things did exist, but there were also a lot of brands out there, high quality. They were all about not only um, saving animals, but saving the planet and, you know, through sustainability and, and all of that. And so it was something I really wanted to be a part of. And I wanted to help educate people on how they could too live a vegan lifestyle. And so that's where vegan se- sexy cool uh, came to be. So that's that's the quick and the dirty of you know my vegan journey and how vegan sexy cool came to be. So when you said that you learned about like how animals were being treated, was it was it just you know, coming across a documentary? Was it like you were just scrolling through social media and you saw a video? Like what specifically was it that kind of brought your attention to it? Yeah, it was actually that um, because, you know, like so many people, uh, I, people had talked to me about veganism, but I just, I just couldn't hear it. They talked mm-hmm. to me about the dairy industry and I just, it just didn't resonate with me. And then one day I was watching this, um, I don't know if it was an ad or just this uh, animal rights organization that had something, a video on, and it was this black woman, coincidentally, who was, you know, she was walking outside and there were people protesting for animal rights and they gave her a pamphlet and she was kind of like I was kind of like, yeah, you know, okay, I care about animals, but I'm going to go, you know, meet my friends for brunch, (laughs) you know, you just didn't (laughs) resonate. And so with her, it was the same. And then as she, uh, it, it, as the video played out, it showed her now that pamphlet in that moment planted a seed in her. And now she was paying attention to what she was eating and conversations around animals and, you know, and all of those things. Then there was the the moment in that video where she was on the computer doing her own research, seeing Mm -hmm. animals being slaughtered, you know, and, and all of that, just so we can have a burger or just so we can have a leather jacket or some bacon. And in the end of the video, you see her standing out there handing out the pamphlet with the activist. I don't know who did that video. I have searched for that video. I can't find it. But when I tell you, it just, it just was a moment for me, that aha moment that Oprah talks about. It just resonated with me so much. And from then on, I was like, I've got to do this. I can't turn back. That just spoke to me. And so yeah. that was the thing that, that, that was the moment for me. Yeah. So it's really interesting that you, um, you came across this ad with a black woman, because you know, one of the things that we were interested in getting your thoughts on was this whole, you know, thing about black veganism, because, you know, it used to be that veganism was really thought of as a white thing that, um, but we know that the fastest growing segment among vegans is in the black community. You know, we wanted to get your thoughts, like, why is, why is it growing in the black community? What's shifting? 
Well, you know, the interesting thing, and I, I know you two know this, but for those who might not know is veganism has been a part of the black community long before it was called veganism, right? You've got people like uh, the late Dick Gregory, who was part of this vegan black community that it wasn't called veganism, but it, it was that in Washington, DC um, and this community where they did not believe in not only just eating of pork and other animals, um, but also just in the harm of animal. They saw the capitalism that was related to factory farming and all of this animal abuse for goods. And so that's existed in the black community. But as, as we know, those people back then and for some years and even now to some extent are considered kind of like weird by black people. You know what I mean? It's just weird to be that extreme. Um, and so they were seen that way as extreme activists. But Angela Davis, you know, formerly of the Black Panthers, now a brilliant professor, she is uh, a vegan, um, you know, uh, what do I want to say? A, I mean, she's a long time. Um, vegan and ethical vegan. That's what I was searching for. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think what's changing now with Black people is eating vegan. I think that there are, too, a lot of Black people that are ethical vegans that care about the animals. And you see that. And I'm so happy um, to see that clicking for a lot of us. Um, I think because of the injustice that the animals are facing. And I mean, I think that there are those um, who make the connection between animal abuse um, and the way that the animals are treated, the factory farming, no rights whatsoever, and slavery. Um, and, and I think there are people who see that as not just capitalism, but capitalism brought on by white men, um, you know. And so I think that there are a lot of us who are politically minded who definitely make those connections. So I think that there's that. But I think the main thing that's driving Black people um, to to just be aware of and lean into veganism is the food. Things like Slutty Vegan um, and all the other uh, brands that are showing you that, you know, yes, you can have collard greens and they can be vegan. Yes, you can have, you know, something that gives you that fried chicken and it's vegan. And I think that because of health issues in our community, that more black people wanna find a way to lean into eating healthier and they believe okay, you know what, I can, I can eat this food, it'll taste similar to food, to candy yams that I have every year, so I can do this and I can be healthier, but what a lot of Black people are missing, and you all know this, is that you still have to make healthy choices as a vegan. You can't just become vegan and all of a sudden everything is different. Um, you know, you have to make healthy choices, but that, that's what I think. I think it's a combination of those things that I just mentioned that are pushing more and more Black people um, into veganism. Yeah, I think you said something interesting, Jackie, because when you saw that video, you saw, actually saw a Black woman talking about the animal rights, the ethical peace. I think one of the disconnects, I think, in the Black community is that the we didn't see enough of that, enough of the, the forefront. Like right now, like you said, we're seeing slutty vegan, we're seeing all this on the food front, right. but it's not, it's it's becoming more popular now, like more education, but a lot of the face of the animal rights, at least from the common eye, was was more from the white veganism side. So black people felt, I feel like when I would get into discussions with people, black people didn't feel that same 
um, connection to it coming from the white community because it was like, we got slavery to deal with and you, you're gonna not care about us as black people, but elevate animals over us. And so there was this, yes. this disconnect there that we yeah. couldn't align because it's like, you had to see us as equal for us to even get on your page with equalism with animals. But I think now that we're starting to see um, black people make that connection, like you said, to injustice in general, our personal struggle. I think the animal rights piece now is becoming more, is resonating more now because we're connecting it to our issues and our oppression as we know it rather than in that other way. But yeah, yeah. It's, like De, it's like De Gregory said, um, he, once he realized what and I, I, again, it wasn't called veganism, you know, but what just animal abuse was all about. And he had taken a vow of his life to be nonviolent. He could not be a part of anything that was violent anymore. And that included violence against animals. Sorry. Do you want me to mute when the dog barks? Exactly. No worries. No, no, it's fine. No. Exactly. Let, the, let the dog do, 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 do their thing, you know? Exactly. <laughs> They've got a job to do too, Jackie. Come on oh now. <laughs> but 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 I, another thing, Jackie. Before Gigi, I know you have a question. Is you're right. Like in the black community, there's always been that. Because I know for myself, I grew up in a Jamaican home, and we always grew up with the Rastafarians having the idol, and they were on the fringes because they they never ate anything with dairy with any meat, and they had an activism to them about social justice in general and so they were always like oh yeah Rastafarians they're 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 obscure they're weird but now we're realizing everything that they were saying in terms of the food and the social justice is right but back in those days like you said they were seen as the extremes yeah. at least in my community those those Rastafarians so that's like another example of them being in the black community as a bedrock that's been there yeah yeah, it's so true. It's like, you know, it, there, you know, where you grew up and, you know, just in places I could think about in Atlanta, you know, there was always just that little store where you could go in and, you know, they had, you know, a bean soup or something like that. And there's all this, you know, books that you could get on social injustice and all that, you know, and all the food was vegan. We just didn't call it vegan. <laughs> but yeah, that's existed for a long time. Yeah, so um, as from a social justice standpoint, one of the things that um, that I think is also contributing to the rise of veganism in the Black community is just this lack of trust in our healthcare system. I mean, I'm sure that everyone can point to an example, either with themselves or someone in their family, who has experienced some kind of discrimination in the healthcare system. And I think veganism, what it offers is a choice not to play in that space, so to speak. So not put your full trust in it could also mean, you know, preventing disease that would make you have to rely on that system. Yeah. And I think as more and more people in the black community, and honestly, this is what Cersei and I are kind of focused on as they start to realize this connection between your food and your health and your lifestyle and your chronic diseases and the ability to which you can, you know, prevent or reverse um, those diseases through your food choices and eating, you know, whole food, plant-based vegan, you kind of remove yourself from that 
that situation to a degree. I mean, you maybe not may not be able to get out of it altogether, but you lessen your dependency and your reliance on that healthcare system that has been discriminating, um, generally speaking, for years, um, and not really. And there's been so many studies around disparities in our healthcare system. Um, and, and I know that, you know, people kind of think about it and just think back to specific examples, you either know, or you suspect you were a victim of, or, you know, someone who was a victim of that disparity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just in the healthcare system. It's also, um, in, in our, you know, the food injustice, right? The food deserts that exist. We don't always in our neighborhood grocery stores have access to the best foods. We know, you know, it doesn't take much research to know about how bad the actual meat that ends up there, the quality of it compared to meat and meats in more affluent neighborhoods are the fruits and vegetables, um, you know, the quality of those, you know, you're, you'll be, you know, struggling to find organic foods, um, you know, fruits and vegetables. It's just the poorest of the poorest qualities. A lot of, you know, processed foods is what we have on the shelves and what we end up bringing home with a lot of extra sodium and things like that. So that's a part of it too, trying to, you know, hear more bleak Black people talking about doing their own farming, even in their backyards, growing their own foods and really trying to get more control because of health reasons of the foods that they bring home. Yes, I want to unpack that just for a minute, because, um, you know, before I moved into this whole health and wellness space, you know, I have a business background and undergrad in economics. I'm a big, like, believer in, you know, the supply and demand phenomenon that happens. And, you know, I feel like the more that we could do to educate and expose people in the Black community around this connection the more you start to change that supply and demand shift. So what I mean by that is, you know, you have a situation with a food desert where your um, the, the available food is the available food. And so you think that that's your only choice. And so that's what you're going to buy. And so the suppliers are going to keep fulfilling that demand, right? Because people are purchasing it. And so the shift has to come with the education to say, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to grow my own food. I'm going to make that, you know, trip in on the weekend to that grocery store that's miles away to get the healthy food and bring it home. I'm going to order my dried beans on Amazon. You know, you're going to do the different things to reduce your demand to that store, that food desert store that's supplying those crappy foods. And then all of a sudden they're not selling, right? So what'll happen is that the suppliers are gonna try to understand what's shifted with the demand and we're going to supply that area with the food that will sell, right? Cause they're gonna make money off of it. So the degree to which you can shift the demand equation in that community through those community gardens or personal gardens or buying those beans on Amazons or making that you know trip, you know, that five, 10, 20 mile trip to the grocery store that has food that meets your dietary desires, then, you know, those, those stores are going to have, you know, product that's not going to be selling. They're going to be like, well, why isn't it selling? Cause nobody wants to eat your crappy food anymore. And so the suppliers are going to shift to meet that demand. And so I feel like 
you know, that, that part of it is acknowledging that there's a food desert, but then the other piece of it is educating the people who are buying those foods to not buy those foods. And yes, it's an inconvenience. Yes, it's a pain in the butt. Yes, it's, it's not fair. It's not right, certainly in the short term, but you can change it if enough people do it. You know, you can change it within the community. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, and so many people say this, um, that there was a lot of good that came when segregation ended in this country for Black people, but there was a lot of bad that came in that. There's a lot of bad things that happened, but I think that for us, we got complacent um, and we stopped fighting in the way that we did before for, you know, equal for in, in our neighborhoods and in our lives. And we just kind of, we don't have that activism in us anymore as a whole. We don't have enough of us who are willing to sacrifice for the greater good, who are willing to say, you know what? I'm not gonna buy that brand anymore. I'm not, if, if it's convenient for them, you know what I mean? When we talk about, oh, we're gonna boycott this brand, or oh, we're not gonna go to that in store anymore. Or, oh, we're not gonna do this. Well, I think too many Black people weigh the convenience of that, weigh the, well, you know, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know how come. So if it's easier to, and I'm not saying everybody, but what I'm saying is there are not enough of us willing to sacrifice for the greater good, willing to say like back in the day, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm going to walk instead. I'm going to be inconvenienced. I'm going to be uncomfortable. So if my local, you know, food supplier, grocery store, whatever, you know, fast food restaurants in our neighborhoods instead of healthy food, food and restaurants in our neighborhood, if that's what they're going to give me, then I'm not going to eat there. But it is easier after you work two jobs and you've got all these kids and you need to, you know, maybe you have three kids or, or two, even one, and you don't feel like cooking. It's easier and it's less expensive to go and buy that bucket of chicken, you know, with the sides for $9.99 or $5.99 or however much the, those things cost these. And it's that complacency um, that we have settled into. And it's easy for me to say because I don't struggle in that way, right? But there, we've got to find a way to get back to that mentality collectively in order to make a difference. We have to, you know, there's so much injustice um, and disparity when it comes to us in, so, you know, with banking, home ownership, you know, educate, higher education, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. Um, but we're just happy to be able to get what we can get to be comfortable that we're not upset enough about it. Uh, and so I, I agree with you, you know, Gigi, we've got to make those demands right in our, in our neighborhoods for things to change. We have to, but it starts with the education. I think a lot of people don't know and they don't know that they don't know, as my grandfather used to say, you know what I mean? They, they don't know, but then the ones that do know, how willing are they to be uncomfortable and inconvenienced to fight for the greater good? Yeah, and I would, I would even say it is the greater good, but it's also about being played, right? Because yes. when, you, when you realize that you're being played and you realize too, this connection between your health and your mistrust of the healthcare system and these food deserts that are available, 
I feel like most people in the black community will do something about it. Meaning they don't want to be played. They don't, they don't necessarily trust the healthcare system. And so even though they're working two jobs and they're tired, it's about, it, it then becomes about, you know, weighing all of that and making a decision around, you know, how do I implement some changes that I can do within my life so I can get myself out of the system, stop being played. And, oh, by the way, I am doing something for the greater good because I'm not spending my money on that bucket of chicken. And I feel like it's just, I think you're right. A lot of people are so busy and so overtaxed with their time. They don't even have the time to learn about these things. And I feel like part of it is how do you um, help people make this connection in a way where they can, they can receive it and, and then make that connection and then do something about it. But it, it's not easy. It's not an easy solution, but I feel like, you know, what you're doing with Vegan Sexy Cool, what, you know, Cersei and I are doing with our Healthy Christian Woman boot camp and the programs that we offer and other people out there who are making such a big difference that that, that message will ultimately you know, be received. And I do think too, when you change one person, the people around them start to get enlightened as well. And so I think a lot of the focus has to be on, you know, yes, we want to, you know, there's a numbers game going on here, but, but it's also about really um, tapping that one person, talking to that one person and helping them see that connection and then providing them resources and providing them with ideas and tips on how to go about it. And um, I know the work that you're doing with, you know, the, the vegan program, we'll get into that as well. Um, and, and, the, and the challenges that we offer, you know, through our Facebook group and everything kind of help people dip their toes in that space. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, um, that even just this podcast, people listening to it, you know, who didn't make that connection before are going to start thinking about it because you can't, the, what's going on right now just can't continue. I mean, it cannot continue. It has to, it has to change. Yeah, I, I agree. It has to change. I tell you, I went from, you know, and it hasn't been a full five years yet, but I just went from, you know, I've always encouraged people to eat healthier, to make better choices, particularly Black people. That I've done for so long in my life. And now veganism is a part of that. But it's so, at first, you know, when I, I wanted everybody, and I still do, I want everybody to, to be vegan, not just eat vegan, but just be vegan. And so I was constantly like, what are you eating? You need it. Don't you know that da, 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 these animals died? And then it just became such an exhausting fight you're constantly fighting with people. And now I don't even have to go looking for it, right? I don't even have to challenge people by what they put on their plate. They see what's going on my plate or hear me say to a waiter, hey, I'm vegan. So, And then it's like, you get the argument comes to you. So you're like constantly talking about it. And I am constantly talking about veganism to my friends, to my mother, to, you know, so many, I've turned two people, you know, my boyfriend and my sister and probably some other people. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, I get, I don't know if discouraged is the right word, but I get frustrated when people just give me the whole, 
oh, it's just it's so hard. And, you know, this is the food I grew up on. This is what we grew, you know, as slaves. We took the scraps and made it into delicacies and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm so over it. It's like white people can just, you know, can just sit back and watch us kill ourselves with that whole argument about food from slavery times and us still eating these foods that are so bad for us and really just killing ourselves by what we eat. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating. But yeah, I, I definitely still push and I'm just determined more than ever to encourage people and to educate people on what they need. But it's like, you just got to just like me in that video, just like something has to hit them, right? They, it's just got to click for them. They've just got to have that moment where they're like, oh, okay, I see how this is all connected. My health, you know, animals, injustice, violence, the planet, oh, it all makes sense. But it's like, you just got to keep hitting them. Because if I hadn't seen that video that day, I don't know what would have happened. And it, I wasn't looking for it. I just happened to be on Facebook that day and it hit me. So the work that you all do, you know what I mean? The work that we do out here talking about veganism, it, you just never know when you're going to, somebody is going to be struck by, you know, somebody's going to listen to this podcast episode and they're going to say, you know what, that's it. I'm doing it. I'm going vegan. Yeah, so true. And I, I guess that's why you know, everyone, and that's why the mission is, has to continue because you, even if it doesn't feel like it, cause I know what you were saying, Jackie, sometimes it's, it could be exhausting. Like you feel like it's not enough or you're not doing enough or you're not converting enough. But um, like you said, you never know because there's a lot of unseen people that you'll never know that maybe you were having a debate with somebody at a table and somebody overheard it. Like there's just so many variables um, that, um, that even in our exhaustion, we still have to have that hope that, you know what, the more people that does it, it's making a difference. Um, and it, it's challenging. And, and I think for us, you know, you talked a lot about the scraps concept. I think what a lot of people don't remember is that when we made those decisions to revolutionize the foods that they were giving to us, we were in a state of bondage. So, but now we're free, you know what I mean? And so there's this, there's this opportunity now to start going back to our roots because a lot of the foods that when we look back in the African cuisines were based on root vegetables and, and things like that, that we, it, in a way, it's kind of like going back to our roots pre-savory when we were not like enforced with some of these foods that were are not our natural way right. of eating. And so that's also a way to kind of approach those people who have that talk to say, well, really and truly you can kind of go back to your roots even further. And this is a way to do it as well. Yeah, so true. <laughs> All right, let's get into vegan sexy cool a little more. Um, Jackie, I love the fact that you're also addressing kind of the other areas of veganism like fashion and cosmetics and, and you know, personal care products and stuff. Um, share a little more about some of the things that that you learned, you know, after going vegan and kind of what you're helping to educate and inform people about in that kind of beauty health space um, and, and also clothing and fashion. Yeah, it, you know, veganism, when you're an ethical vegan, it's all, you're an animal activist. And so you don't wanna do anything that is going to harm animals. 
and me being this diehard fashionista, like I love clothes and shoes and things like that. And anybody out there, you know, you get it, you know, you, you love those things and you don't want to, you know, have to walk around in you know, boring clothes or cheap looking clothes or just, just, you know, not cute stuff. You want to still be cute. Um, and you still want to have fabulous makeup and great skin and all those things and so I just went on this deep dive of really trying and I was I was and I am so excited I mean I can't tell you the time I'm just on Google you know googling vegan fashion and looking what's out there going to Vogue's website and putting in the word vegan and seeing what articles what new things they're talking about um and there are new websites out there that are talking about you know I'll go on Instagram and you know hashtag vegan luxury and all the th luxury fashion and all the great thing I've discovered so many things by just constantly doing those things but I just love fashion so much that that's what I'm looking for and then when I see something from someone who may not necessarily be a vegan influencer, but they've got a product. The first thing, and I, I like what they're talking about that product. I like the makeup, I like the lipstick. First thing I'll do is go on the website and, and do that deep dive and look at the ingredients and see you know, whether or not it is actually vegan. And so if I'm doing all that work anyway for myself, well, I might as well do it for an audience so I can save them the hassle of you know, doing all that digging and research and just tell you, hey, this is not only vegan, but it's great. And I love it. And I think you're going to love it too. And so that's, you know, that's just what I am constantly doing, which is something that just comes, I was doing it anyway, you know, already, I just love these things. And I love, you know, looking up where things came from and what they're made of. And so now I do that through Vegan Sexy Cool. And I love it. Awesome. So just give us a few tips for someone who wants to transition their fashion, their makeup. Like you said, sometimes it's overwhelming to do it all at once. So what would be a few tips that you would give someone who wants to make that transition? Well, follow me everywhere. Vegan Sexy Cool. Start with that. <laughs> no, but beyond that, I would say this is what I say all the time, and I know you guys are big about this, leaning into conscious consumerism, right? So becoming a conscious consumer means knowing where the products that you're buying come from, how they're made, what goes into, not even just the, the materials, but the workers, the condition of the workers, like really research what you're buying um, and what you're putting your money into. It's, it's like an investment. So I would say read labels, um, you know, I, I could be shopping at Macy's or Saks or TJ Maxx. I see something, I like it. If it's not from a vegan brand, then I'm looking to see the, what the materials are. And, you know, and sometimes I'm looking at something, I'm like, what is that word? And I have to, you know, Google and make sure it is read the labels, read the labels, read the labels, read the labels. And then like I do, um, lean into like a Stella McCartney, um, there's a vegan fashion week in LA every year in October. I think they're moving into doing two of them. You know, there are great vegan brands out there. I don't limit myself just to vegan brands that way. But if you go with a vegan brand, then you know, you got the basics. So with the shoes and with the bags and things like that, mostly I buy vegan, but with clothing, you know, it can be hard, you know, like this, this, uh, you know, top that I got here, I got it some store in Atlanta. And what I do is I just look at the label. I make sure that there's no cashmere, there's no wool, you know, it's learning. And I did a video on my Instagram about materials that you may not think about like silk, um, you know, and I mentioned cashmere and different things like that, that you, people automatically think of leather. 
um, and suede, of course, but there's more than that. Um, and so it's really making sure that the fur on something is faux fur. Um, because a lot of times there may just be a fur trim on something on a bag, on shoes or something, and it may actually be real fur. Um, so it's just about looking, you know, reading the labels and doing the work. And then beyond that, it is purging and getting rid of um, the things that you do have in your closet that were made from animals. You know, I'm now on Poshmark. I'm consigning. I'm doing all of those things because I've collected a lot of nice things over the years, but I'm just not going to wear them anymore. Um, and some things I have, I have donated, um, but there are some things where the price point is really high. <laughs> so I'm definitely, uh, consigning, like I have a great pair of Chanel, black Chanel boots with like the silver cap toe. Y'all, these are like right over the knee boots that are gorgeous, but I'm not going to wear them anymore. And they're in great shape and they are about to go up on Poshmark. <laughs> so that's the thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I would just, you know, really take your time when it comes to shopping, you know, you're, they're going to be disappointments. I saw these wool pants when I saw these pants one time, I didn't know they were wool, but I saw them. They were like these wide leg plaid pants and they were bad. I was like, and they were at TJ Maxx. It was only one. I was like, okay. And I looked at them and looked like, they looked like they may fit. And I was like, okay, let me put them in my basket. I just didn't want to look. And I went and tried them on. They were Aww. perfect. I was like, okay, let's look. And sure enough, they had wool in them. So I had to put them back. Oh, <laughs> but that's, that's the level of commitment that you have to have. Um, yeah, it's yeah. about activism. It's about taking a stand. And it's like I talked about, you know, those of us during the civil rights movement, and even back during, during slavery, you know, you have to take a stand for these things. And yeah. there's so many benefits that come from it, um, you know, particularly with, with fashion. You know, too many of us, uh, all of us, are buying too many clothes. We just and they end up in landfills. You know, uh, yeah. clothing and accessories are the second highest thing that takes up landfills across the world. And it is like we buy things and throw them out. And it's just, you know, we should be consigning and shopping secondhand anyway, and donating and really trying to buy things that last and that don't hurt the environment. Um, you know, even from brands, you know, you may not necessarily lean into veganism, but you definitely want to, to, to lean into uh, companies that are making great environmental sustainability choices, right, that aren't using pollutants, you know, that aren't using too much water that I, I mean, I could go on and on. We have to be more aware of what we're buying. And so, yeah, it takes a little extra effort to read labels and there will be some disappointments. But in the long run, you know, when I get dressed, um, I just feel good about it. When I make up my face, I just feel good knowing, A, with the makeup and the beauty products, the toxins and the hair products, the toxins that are in these products, particularly for Black women, is alarming. Nail polish, all this stuff, what we're putting into and onto our bodies is so dangerous. So it just makes sense to lean into the vegan products because they're going to be more organic. They're going to be made with better products and they're not going to be tested on animals. Um, and so that's important to me, but it's just about reading labels and making sure that somebody's not just slapping vegan on something. And especially if it's not a vegan company, they may say, oh, this product we have is vegan. Definitely research that and make sure that it's vegan because I definitely do. And I've found somewhere it's not vegan after all.
Sorry, it took me a second here to unmute. So um, one other thing that also on the veganism front that kind of, that I did, I'm proud of myself of that I did was when I, I, I owned an Audi vehicle, like before I went vegan. And so when it was time for me to get a new car, I actually researched like vegan cars and um, I think that, you know, there's definitely some room for improvement in that space. Um, but um, I did end up buying a Prius plug-in hybrid, which is a very cute little zippy car. And when gas prices skyrocketed, I was like so happy that I wasn't even having to deal with any of that because right. um, I could get around where I live on my 30 mile charge. Mm -hmm. um, but I do feel like, you know, going back to the cosmetics a little bit, that it seems like a lot of the cosmetic companies have responded to that grassroots activism and creating more products that haven't been tested on animals. I don't know how many of them have actually gone full on vegan with their products, but it feels like it's moving in the right direction because, yeah. you know, and also in the fur, with the fashion industry with respect to furs, um, I've noticed that, you know, a lot of designers are kind of moving away from using, you know, animal fur in their, in their designs. Um, and so this activism does work. I mean, it does work and it goes back to that supply and demand. If people aren't going to buy it, nobody's going to sell it. And so, um, I think that's a good example where progress has been made, not that it's perfect, but I feel like it's better than it is. It's better today than it was yes. 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago when I went vegan. Yeah, it's way, way better. I mean, people, you know, I have friends who are vegan, year, you know, 20 years or 15 years and they're like, ah, oh, you had it so easy. <laughs> And, and we do, I mean, we don't have, it, it's much easier now. There are much, you know, better choices across the board, you know, not just with food, but with fashion and with beauty products and, and all types of things like now it's the, you know, it's one of the fastest growing businesses out there to be involved in something with the word vegan in it. Um, and so there are all of these uh, great options out there and you know, I'm, I'm definitely doing my homework on a regular basis, checking out companies. And when I see something new, I'm all over it, trying to see if it's good. You know what I mean? You know, if it's a quality, um, you know, and that it's, you know, priced just right. I'm always just doing that homework. But I, I again, I love doing it. It's fun for me. But yeah, I, I, I don't have a car right now, but my next car will be a vegan car. Um, what that will look like, you know, I don't know, but when I get one, it's going to be vegan. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for coming on. It was a pleasure talking with you and we'll have to do this again. Oh my God. I would love to. I love you both so much. I love all that you do. Um, so it's a pleasure to be here with you to talk about these things. I think it's such an important conversation to have. And I think the work that you do is so important. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. All right, thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Healthy For My Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your God-ordained purpose. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Until we meet again, 
keep honoring your body for your purpose.